this is a good use of John's time. Which John are you talking about? Speaking of one of the other Johns, what was the deal with all the sirens and everything? Was that you? You said you were. Yeah, saying that was, was me. I was. I was the sirens. It was. It was crazy. Yeah, I never found out what it was. Sometimes, do you have a? Uh, you got a local uh, police blotter? I. I mean, they they gotta soak up their ink somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. You're trying to, like, is, is there a place? Uh, yeah. So this is a, a thing. I, I didn't know this was a thing until I was married. And my father-in-law was into this, which was having a police scanner and listening to it. Like, it's yeah. like the, the live version of the newspaper that tells you what burned down or who got killed. Mm-hmm. But you can hear it in real time. And this would be like an activity where you just leave the police scanner on all day long while you sat in your house. So you could hear... My father-in-law did that. He worked from home for... Uh, he did public relations and worked from home in an office at home. And he just had the police scanner going a lot of the day. Like like background noise or whatever. But just, yeah. you know, most of it's boring. But every once in a while, something exciting will happen. And when it does, you're there hearing it in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, time was like in a smaller town, you would see it like in the local paper. They print like highlights. Sometimes... You know, there was a time, I think, in the earlier, early, early 2000s where it became kind of a thing on the Internet to go and discover local communities, you know, that were doing that. Um, so, like, today, there's a website called Hoodline, Hood for Neighborhood, that basically does, like, stuff they're reporting on the various neighborhoods in San Francisco. And sometimes they'll, they'll you know, produce some highlights in there. You know, you'll find out about some hot prowls, you know, some, uh, some smash and grabs and stuff like that. And there's always next door. Do you ever look at next door, John? You ever look at next door? I don't look at any of these services. I've never heard of these services, but it seems like you are aware of them at the very least. Next door is a riot, um, and I'm sure it, it must vary a lot from community to community. But the basic idea is it's this dingling site where you go and you get an account and you identify. I think they do something to prove that you have that actual address, but you get access to. What? You know, does anybody want a bookshelf? I'm looking for a babysitter. Um, that kind of stuff. But you got to go straight to the crime and safety section because the crime and safety section is where it is all happening. And that's where um, you <laughs> just, it's, you know, it, like like so many of these things, they're just going in all the time going, oh, you know, a guy came to, to the door today and, you know, he was in a PG&E truck, uh, you know, the, the gas company. Pacific Gas and like PG&E truck. He had PG&E uniform and a, and a clipboard. He knocked, but I didn't answer because I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Has anybody else gotten this scam? And you get people who are very curious. And the, the you know a highlight of this for me is I you probably know Andre Torres from the internet. Um, one time, <laughs> one time Andre, who um, at that time I think was living in Noe Valley, saw a report of a Hispanic man in the neighborhood who was who was doing something and going up to you know went up to a door in the house. And it was Andre uh, going to his home that he owned. So you find out things like that. This is like uh, the the slogan for this site should be like empowering busybodies since 2014 or something like that with a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, well, yeah. A a lot of it. Seriously. I mean, like you notice you notice the ones you really notice and the ones you notice are like, hey, you know, what was all that police activity, you know, at 26th and Wawona or like did anybody hear shots last night? So even for the other things. What was yeah. all that police activity like? Um, does who does it benefit people 
to know this information? Like, I mean, I guess if you're just interested cur for curiosity, it just, but it's like, we all know what the downsides are of just constantly seeking out terrible things that are happening to other people, greedily consuming it. And, but even just ambiently, like, do you feel the need to know what the sirens are about? If you know what the sirens are about, uh, what happens next after you know? Like, right, right, right. What, like, what, what, do you, what would you, you do? Know? What would you do or think differently once you found out what the sirens were? Right for for good because may, perhaps bad things will happen if you constantly know what the sirens are about. Perhaps you will sleep uneasily because it will be a bad thing. But would you? Or it's like, well, I'd, be, I'd rather know that there was a person walking by. Like I, I don't know. I just it boggles my mind that people will seek out that information and and just feel like they need to know it and. and either not see the downsides or or like relish them like that mm -hmm. it's just it's like this it's like this downward spiral of busybodiness that just a descent into madness yeah. powered by powered by big data right and by the community i've got a, i've got a reckon on it i mean if you are i mean in one not that extreme case of this like let's say you know, there is stuff that happens. Like, there's things like vandalism. There's stuff like, you know, t there's tons of car break-ins all over San Francisco. Um, that is that is a big problem. And, you know, almost everybody has had something. You had your, uh, what, your iPod stolen from the car, right? Right, but, but like, so, right, so that that's all true. But, again, con constantly consuming that information, what like, what are you going to do about it? Well, that's, what, that, like, this is where my reckon... What are, the, what are know, your options? How do you... This, this is where my reckon comes in, because my, my reckon is that, so I actually think when you're in that situation, I'm not saying it's sensible or rational, but I do understand why somebody who's been a victim of any kind of crime is somewhat hypervigilant about wanting to know, just in general, what the situation is. My, my reckon, though, is that you, whether you consciously realize it or not, if you're a busybody on next door, you are... Your hypervigilance is evidenced as, I'm pretty sure a certain kind of thing is happening and getting worse, and I am looking for proof that that is the case. Like, I, I believe that there are unsavory minorities who come to my neighborhood to I'm, – I'm not saying I believe this. I'm saying I think this is what happens in my very, very conservative – I'm in the most conservative neighborhood in all of San Francisco, like, across the board. It's not the richest, but it is the most conservative neighborhood in the city. And there is a certain kind of xenophobia. I want to say reverse xenophobia, but I'm not really sure that's a thing. But there is a certain sense of like this um, compulsive uh, fear, disgust, uh, suspicion about others being in the neighborhood. There are not a lot of black people that live in my neighborhood. And so, I mean, I guess that gets noticed the same way it would in other neighborhoods where black people don't live. But I, my reckon is, I'm trying to be gracious about this, but I think that people have an idea about how the world is going and they are looking for evidence that will buttress that so if they hear the shots fired was a group full of gang kids having gang things happen like that will ink that will help them feel they better understand the world if it's what the thing they're looking for is that's happening it's in some ways i can almost see these things as kind of like a a benign honeypot and that it's keeping these people out of trouble by it's like a sink for their madness, like right. they, they will just spend their entire time posting to next door and talking to each other, and that keeps them from waiting by the door with a gun to shoot the PG&E guy. But I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. No, I I know I know what you mean. But the the um, I mean, for here's another example though. Think about how when this happens. Think about the Pulse nightclub shooting. 
Or think about what recently happened, the tragic thing that just happened in Berlin. So when something happens that to every appearance is a deliberate act of violence, often a deliberate act of violence that takes advantage of a situation or appears targeted at a certain group of people. Like, doesn't your mind race a little bit? Like, for myself, I think, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm revealing my own point of view here, but like, I really hope that wasn't somebody who maybe even just happens to have a name that sounds like they could be a Muslim. Because I know what that's going to get turned into. Whereas maybe somebody else goes, you know what, I'll bet you that's somebody with a name that sounds pretty Muslim, because that's going to prove what they believe. What, what, however it shakes out in the end, like in the case of the San Bernardino guy, like, I don't think that guy was in ISIS. I think he just, he just was signing off, you know, sucking up to ISIS on the way out. I don't think he was like a dyed-in-the-wool ISIS guy. But now that's, that's the narrative. So I brace for that. When I hear something like that, I brace. And I think, like, God, I hope this is not going to turn. And then somebody even further down the liberal continuum would go, oh, I bet it's another Timothy McVeigh. Isn't it going to be surprising when it turns out this is some white working class guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just find the, the whole type of thing exhausting and somewhat ridiculous that – grown people like that i assume consume all the same you know popular media than most of like just mainstream books tvs movies like whatever just yeah no, it, normal you know, normal so, americans so much so much of our shared pop culture that it seems like we really all do share and people know who all these characters are have seen these tv shows for the most part like there's so much shared culture and so many movies everybody of a certain age has seen and all of them just go over the same things over and over and over again and yet in real life people cannot cannot make the trend how, how many movies have there been about uh prejudice and you know a community uh, aligning against someone who was different in some way and unjustly blaming them for something that wasn't their fault because of who they are like how many things have there been like that and we all watch them and we all grow up with them. Like a, just, a Boo Radley kind of thing. Not even. That's even like too too academic. Just, you know, it is an extremely common theme in all popular media, whether it's a, uh, you know, basic, silly, moralizing sitcom for kids from the 70s or a highfalutin Oscar-winning, uh, you know, uh, movie from the modern age. And everything in between. So many stories. and And yet... In real life, there like maybe it just doesn't transfer, or, or maybe not everyone watches those movies, and I'm wrong about the shared culture. But it's it's like it's just it's so boring. It's like you think it's something for kindergarten children, and yet in real life, people can't people can't do it. They can't they can't see a bad thing happen and like not understand why it's a bad idea to harass people who look like you think the person who like like they don't they they can't make the connection. Like yeah. I don't know. It just it boggles my mind. It really makes I don't, I don't know what the solution is, but it's like I don't know. I I, I find it depressing. I, I, to think. Same I, same I, way I find it yeah. depressing to think about like a suspicious person walking out my door. Like, the, don't you know what's wrong with this with this whole pursuit? Like, don't you see it? Like, if if you saw yourself in the movie, would you think you were the good guy? Like, or just is it just like a complete blind spot? Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, there's I'm avoiding a third rail here, but. There is a lot of community that can be found in seeking out otherness. I know, and I know. I'm just, it's, it's like, yeah. I just don't see how the dots don't connect. I mean, and I'm not even talking about like a really, like, 
a challenge and complicated thing. Like I understood why people at the time didn't understand do the right thing because it is it was comparatively sophisticated compared yeah, to a lot, very lot special of people, episode. A lot of people could have seen could see that movie and go, well, first of all, that movie suffered a little bit from having too many endings. But like, oh man, <laughs> shouldn't you guys be playing up the Martin Luther King angle more? Like, well, don't we get some kind of message uh, yeah, of healing? No, that's what I'm saying. Like that 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 is like I <laughs> that's feel not like what that the is, movie's about. <laughs> that that's that's just one step above one oh one. But there's this is such a huge swath of like I said, you know, sitcoms for children giving these same lessons. Like just yeah. the lowest possible level, really intended for, for kids to understand the basics and just blanketed with them and everything in between all the way up to like the 102 level do the right thing well can't handle that don't understand why you threw that garbage can through the window okay back it off back it off let's just go watch different strokes again either way message should be getting through but no nope doesn't doesn't connect yeah yeah i mean I I want to be better as a person, and I'm open to the idea that I have things to learn and I have things to unlearn. And while that does not consume every bit of my waking hours, it is something that's on my mind, and I do try to catch myself discovering things about myself where you know where I'm making assumption an assumption about you know whatever about other people. And, you know, even if I think whatever, whatever, you know, caricature or cliche I've got, I really I'm trying to watch that and trying to be aware of it. Even if I can't change it in real time, I want to be aware of it. But there's one thing that I there's one sort of factoid or reality that I find almost undisputable. And I think this is borne out. Anybody who's had these experiences will see this borne out in real life. And people who haven't will, for obvious reasons, not when you're exposed to different kinds of people, people who are not like you. The more that you are exposed to people who are not like you in ordinary situations, the less weird they seem, the less weird their lifestyle seems. And so you see this in microcosm sometimes with, you know, whatever, wherever somebody lives in the U.S., they have a friend who is gay or they have a relative who is gay. And they're always trotting them out to say, well, you know, I don't, I don't hate all gay people. Because I, you know, some some of my best friends are gay, meaning I know this one gay guy. I realize that's that becomes a kind of cliche. But the truth is, like when you're if you go to Oakland and you spend some time in Oakland, you're gonna meet so many different kinds of people. You're gonna have a you might have a boss that is a different race and gender than you, or what you'd expect. And the more that this sounds like such like a liberal one oh one cliche, but it's really true. If you're not in situations where people who are not like you are treated where you're all sort of treated the same way, even the DMV, you get to maintain those same false ideas about what those people are like, which is which enables people to have this, uh, not bicameral, but this split personality of like, Jesus, no, gay people shouldn't be allowed to get married. That's, that's that under, that under, um, under, tears apart the whole idea of why we have marriage in the first place. But at the same time, they may have friends who are gay that like, that they would, you know, just treat like like any other person, and the, the Dick Cheney effect to bring back our old friend with his daughter. You mean? Yeah, right, right. But you know, it's I, I'll shut up about this. But it, it does. It is. It makes my heart heavy that it. You know, the more you try to find people who agree with you about whatever your point of view is on those things, it is very naturally going to make you more suspicious of the people who are not like you. And I don't know what the answer is. Like, if you're if you're living in, I did a talk once in Charleston, South Carolina, which is this um, beautiful city, like really really nice people. But um, it was really astonishing how it's like stratified it was. 
it, I mean, it really did kind of, and this is, I don't mean this to be a slight, but like when you're pulling into town, you're going through scenes that look like something out of Song of the South. And then you're in the midst of like plantation buildings that are gorgeous. And you really get this feeling that like there's, there's a couple races here and there must be things where people are interacting with each other. But if, if your experience of somebody else is that this is a subjugated person that you were raised to be suspicious of, you know, I think I've told you about this, but like when I moved to San Francisco, it just, I thought I was this great, smart, liberal person. I had no idea how many preconceptions I needed my ass kicked on until I was just surrounded by people that were not like me. I don't know. Because I think that's important. It's important for the for the country to get better. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, I'm, I, from my perspective, I think, oh, why isn't everybody exactly, why isn't everybody's brain exactly like mine? And that, like, that uh, in the absence of experience, which obviously is the best, the best teacher, can't you, can't you puzzle it out a little? You you <laughs> said it though with the childhood one hundred one stuff. This is this is this is starbellied sneeches. This is butter yeah, battle right. book like, level like, of exactly. stuff. Like you know, it, it it's nothing. There's no substitute for, like you said for, for for experience. But if you don't have the experience, can't you abstractly, you know, get somewhere? Can't you get somewhere with with just the abstract with the with the what is the uh, starbellied sneeches? Was it the butter side down? Whatever, mm-hmm. like. I don't know what. what can, can, can't you see level, that some of these changes, some of these differences, are just about that arbitrary? Yeah, at, at whatever level, can't you get a foothold? Can't you get your little fingernails in there just to have to have a grip and not just fall entirely into the abyss of next door and, and you know being <laughs> obsessing about uh, people walking up to your door because it's like it doesn't you know is it? Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you one, one one other thing on this, and I think I know the answer to this because I, I think I can suss out some stuff about your family. But for example, do you have anybody in your, I'm going to say extended family, anybody that you would run into over a two year period who still gets most of their information from watching TV news, especially like local news? My parents do. My parents. Y- your parents, really? They were, when they were over here visiting, they were asking me what, how, what channel the local news is on. I'm like, what? For what? <laughs> Why would so you, you want to watch local news? And, yeah. you know, I mean, my I had to had to find where the like I don't I'm, some of it I think it might just be habit like they just yeah they're just used to watching the news and I but you know what's on like I mean I, I I don't know because I haven't watched local news in forever but guess what it's the same thing it's always been on the local news yeah. what's on fire uh, who's been killed what's been stolen right you know but they only have it's short like you don't have a lot of time for the the news at night it's like a half an hour or whatever and they cover your top stories and the top stories on local news are always those same categories of things you know if it bleeds it leads yeah and salacious things and then uh human interest story something about puppies and they're out like and the weather and like and that's it and like just consuming that day after day i guess it's kind of like just what you're used to but i'm like yeah it's not not, it's not, not it's not wholesome to... and it's uh, i'm kind of i'm really surprised that you're given what i know about your parents hi family um that seems really weird but like you know when you're jettisoned back like holidays are always such a funny time because you're jettisoned back into this world that can feel very nostalgic it can feel warm like my family like watches sports like you know pretty much all the time whereas we do not watch sports other members of my family like for example my recently my dear sweet recently departed mother-in-law whom i love more than just about anybody in the world she used to be a news producer back in providence she used to produce the local news um, and so she was a news junkie. She would watch the news all the time, but she was very cynical about it when she'd watch it. Other family people I consider really, I do consider like intelligent, like, you know, smarter than your average bear. They just turn it on 
and there's like somebody standing there, you know, they're either standing in a slicker in a rainstorm or they're standing by somewhere where there's sirens going. There's nothing about the reporting that's being done by those people on the streets that has that could not be done inside of a studio. It's just that 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 stimulates something in the viewer that like gives them some kind of a jolt. And I think even a smart person, if, if you what you choose to consume guides who you are and how you think. And if you do that every night, if your idea of how things are going comes from the lead crime story on your local news, I can't help but think that would have an impact on how you see the world. Is that yeah. am I am I being a dumb liberal? That that really I I can't no, see no. how that could be any That's, different. I mean, and these are all like uh, uh, proclivities, instincts. I don't know uh, desires that all make sense in the context of being a social animal. And important to know what the rest of the herd is doing, and you know, like just the same way celebrity worship and interest in celebrities. Like it's all it's all completely explicable, but it's like the. Uh, the easy access to calories afforded by the industrial revolution and, and, and farming and all these other things like that all, all these uh, these tendencies we have for explicable important reasons that got us to this point are we are self-exploiting like that the, the, you know the, the desire for high calorie food is important to keep you alive when there is unlimited high calorie food suddenly all those things that were good for getting us to where we are are really bad for for keeping us alive for a long time because we will like like labrador retrievers just consume every ounce that's in front of us and make ourselves unhealthy and unhappy and die earlier than we should all being powered by a vitally important physiological and psychological function in terms of being able to consume high calorie food wanting to packing on the pounds so you don't so you survive the winter like all these all these super important things now are terrible and you know being being really interested in what the other important people in the tribe are up to very important for a social animal for you know like but now we all want to know what brad pitt is doing and we have ready access to a tremendous industry built up around providing us all information about what brad pitt is doing and in the end it's not good for brad pitt it's not good for us but it's all powered by an explicable and very important thing and the same thing with the local news who doesn't want to be aware of their surroundings? And like, if you have a thing that will feed it to you constantly, and you, you do want to hear about the most dramatic things, you do want to you want to see the human interest story and feel good. You want to see the person out there in the rain. Like, it's you know, it it can be fine. Like, there are reasons for it, and it can be fine. But when it is just like the you know ready access to high calorie food, it can go too far, and uh, we probably won't notice. Uh, you know, and so. But, you know, with everything, it's just, it's a, where our, our, our progress at providing things to ourselves has far, far outpaced the, the, the changes in, in, uh, in, in ourselves, physically speaking. So, you know, but that's, that's the, the challenge of, the challenge of progress. We can present ourselves with, uh, new information and new sources of activity way faster than, we ourselves will change, uh, you know, through just, you know, mutation and reproduction. And as I think I discussed in a very, very long time ago on this show, it's really unclear exactly what we're selecting for in this age of plenty. And I don't know what it is, and right. I don't know if it is helpful or detrimental, but we're selecting for something somehow in, in the same way that we always have, which is just, you know, with no one running no one steering the ship it's just we're selecting for what we're selecting for but in general 
when almost everybody can live to reproductive age and as infant mortality goes down all these other things it's really unclear uh if anything about ourselves will change in a beneficial way and so relying on that to work things out other than us just nuking ourselves and resetting like that's that's one way to deal with this i I like i like the i like your food analogy and it's immediately reminding me of a of a fun segment you all had on atp a few weeks ago where uh, that really resonated with me about <laughs> if you ever go to the like the the food bar at Whole Foods, you know, and you get some of that like you know, and what you guys had some joke about how much it cost, and like I've had that same experience. I've never spent less than seventeen dollars at a hot food bar. It's almost impossible. Like that seems like the floor, but you know that's that the thing is though people are if 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 you had something like the equivalent of that Whole Foods bar for information, people would not be and it was and it were free or functionally free, nobody would be loading up their box with melon pieces. Everybody would be going for the hard-boiled eggs. It's pixie sticks, as far as I can see, yeah. like <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a blessing. That's a terrible idea. It, it's a blessing that physiologically speaking... It wouldn't even speaking, be in sticks, you just get a scoop? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, physiologically speaking, the fact that uh, most adults find taking cup after cup of pixie stick sugar and putting it in their mouths off-putting like maybe after the first spoonful right it's a blessing that that's the case because if it wasn't we would just do that and die right so (laughs) even though we have ready access to high calorie food we still crave some balance of sugar sweet fat and so on and so forth like like cuisine is still a thing barely barely due to the amount of like you know the, the amount of sugar added into every kind of food item we ever have the supposed savory things like little frozen pizzas that have 10 tons of sugar added to them like barely but even that bare amount is the only thing keeping us from just taking a giant bag of fun dip and tilting it over into our mouth like <laughs> being like <laughs> the main diet image. of humanity oh. we just die of, die of scurvy in a giant bucket of fun dip yeah <laughs> Well, Fun Dip probably yeah. has vitamin C in it. Let's be fair. Fun Dip probably has vitamin C added. Uh, oh, sure. You get your uh, you get your your ascorbic acid. So they, do, they, they do. That's the best the, the <laughs> additives. They add uh, you know vitamin D in the milk and iodine and and in the, in, the, in the salt just to keep us from dying because they know left right. to, left to our own devices we will not. Get Can adequate. we put something in there? Just something because it's like you know we have to put iodine in the salt because otherwise we're all, we'll all get goiters because there's no way we're going to legitimately ever want to eat any food product that has it in it but we know it's essential so oh it's grizzly fortified cereal it's what i eat every what i eat for you know cereal with tons of vitamins added to it because uh it's assumed that we're not going to get those items vitamins from fruits and vegetables because cereal is just so damn convenient so we'll just take some carbohydrate and uh apply a non-nutritive cereal varnish to it and put a bunch of vitamins in it done and done <laughs> part of a nutritious breakfast part, part of we said part. It's not gotta, the whole thing you also have to eat an entire yes. apple and a, a, a box of uh you know non-digestible fiber part of this part of this nutritious breakfast pop tarts could be part of this nutritious breakfast and it'll be yeah. two pop tarts yeah. on a plate you get orange juice you get milk and you get <laughs> like yeah, a bowl uh, of frosted flakes a small cup of thumbtacks can be part of the nutritious <laughs> breakfast you could add anything to this picture and it's part of the nutritious breakfast zero is a percentage <laughs> Sharp stick in the eye. It's part of this interesting breakfast. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Casper. You can learn more about Casper right now by visiting casper.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. You guys know Casper. Casper is a company that is focused on sleep. So Casper has created one perfect mattress that it sells directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated 
prices. Casper, in fact, is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly on to you, the sleep-desirous consumer. Its award-winning mattress was developed in-house, it has a sleek design, and is delivered in an impossibly small box. In addition to the mattress, Casper now also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. See, when they made this thing in-house, their engineers spent thousands of hours developing this mattress. It is obsessively engineered and presented to you at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foam to create a mattress that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design helps you to regulate your temperature through the night. The amazing part is these mattresses, they cost so much less than what you're going to pay in a store. You go to a store, you're very likely to pay well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses, they start at $500 for a twin size, $600 for a twin XL, $750 full, $850 for queen, $950 for a king size. That is the one I recommend because regardless of how your uh, gender is identified, you are going to enjoy a king size mattress. You can roll around in it several times and you won't fall off the bed. I've tested this personally. It's very important to know these are made in America. Nothing wrong with that. Now, a lot of people are going to think, buying a mattress on the internet, this seems like a crazy thing. How would it fit in my mailbox? Well, buying a Casper mattress is actually completely risk-free because they offer free delivery and free returns within the U.S. and Canada with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you the money. You do not want to go into one of these tacky little stores and lay on a bed for four minutes and decide whether that is how you want to spend one-third of your life. That is no way to live. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially when you're going to spend that third of your life there. Now, here's the thing. You go to, you go to casper.com slash diffs. Here's the thing. You're going to get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash diffs and using the very special offer code diffs, and that is a heck of a deal. What a great way to end your year. Terms and conditions do apply. Our thanks to Casper for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. <laughs> We have a little bit of follow up. I, you know, I, I think I know your first item of follow up. And uh, what do you want? Yeah, to get I'm, this is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put this all on you. How's that? Because you should have been there for me to to explain this to me in the moment. Okay, here's the thing. If they had said Reedy Creek, I would have known Reedy Creek. Bay Lake is something I've never heard of. I. T- so t- you were this. It's t- your story. Tell the story. All right. So uh, last show, I was talking about Apple's inscrutable photos application and how it uh makes these little albums for you and puts labels on them uh, based on what i thought it was trying to surmise from the pictures and in my little automatically algorithmically created photo albums thing uh several of them have little albums of photos that say bay lake on them and i was like yeah they have water in the pictures but i wasn't on a lake or at a bay really and I was, is it confused? And why is it like Bay Lake? A bay is one thing and a lake is another thing. I couldn't understand, you know, I would expect it to say like beach or Long Island or something that is related to the pictures. And you didn't have an answer for me, but the internet did. And the internet in the form of a person whose name I've since forgotten, I'm sorry, didn't write down, said uh, that label is on the pictures from your Disney vacation because the actual place that Disney is in in Florida is... Called Bay Lake, apparently. Bay Lake, right there in uh, Orange County. I, 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 I've never heard of that. I mean, so here's the thing. This is, you know, CGP Cray's video on how Las Vegas is not Las Vegas? You seen that one? Uh, probably. It's one of his many really good ones. I mean, when you say 
I, if you're from Orlando, well, first of all, I'm sorry, but like you, everybody says Disney World. Wh- where do you say Disney World is? Don't you say Orlando? Or, or Orlando? Yeah, no, but I, but I don't live there. Like I'm, I'm now. If you're from, from if from Florida, you might say it's from it's in Orlando St. Cloud. Orlando St. Cloud is mostly a kind of industry name for at least back when I was there. Or Kissimmee, you might say Kissimmee. Like there's is that these how you names, pronounce that? I've seen that spelled so many times. Kissimmee. Yeah, right. Oh, they have lots of great Micanopy. There's lots of great Indian names. Uh, but uh, no, I've, I'd never heard of Bay Lake, and it still seems like a strange thing to put on your photos. So it's a, it is named after a lake located east of the Magic Kingdom. All four of the WDW uh, theme parks and one of the two water parks are located in Bay Lake. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, if Apple was Google, they would they would have a special case for this and understand these are pictures at Walt Disney World, dummy. Put Disney World or Disney or <laughs> like, like, you know, especially with the Pixar connection. It's like, if you're going to special case something, is yeah. this a place people take a lot of vacation pictures? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it comes it's got, up. It's got a, got a no. castle. It's got a European it, castle in it. Pretty every, good chance. So, so now I realize that every single person who takes pictures at Walt Disney World has an algorithmically created album sitting in their Apple Photos thing that says Bay Lake when all of them could say Disney. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb. Do you, uh, you know the background on how they got all the land? You know about all that, right? Uh, how they got it? By buying it from people who didn't want swampland? Um, was it actually called Reedy Creek Improvement District? Basically, you know, when... Oh, Walt yeah, Disney... the different named companies. Yeah, so exactly. They... Yeah, yes. That's... So they, they had a bunch of, uh, I guess they're shell companies. I don't know if that's the right term. Mm-hmm. But basically, they wanted to buy all these parcels of land that would eventually become the giant area where Walt Disney World is now located and it's hilarious if you think about it. Think about it when I was a kid and all there was was the Magic Kingdom and all of that land, all of that land they had was just the Magic Kingdom and all of that. I mean, and the two, at the time, two hotels. Mind-blowing. Thinking ahead. Thinking ahead. But, uh, and of course, a funny little uh, hidden Mickey is that, I don't know if this is still true, but for a time, um, some of the names of companies on Main Street were the names of their shell companies. Yeah. That's, that's good and put it put it right in your face it's like westworld it's just hiding in plain sight kind of insidious uh, mm. yeah but i was thinking um what's the one thing we know the one saying you know from roy rogers or is that the, the uh, fast food chain or is roy it rogers is uh he's a cowboy and a fast food right he's both america's roast same. beef yes sir yeah okay so what's his what's his thing you know um, what's, the, what's the one saying you know from him from roy rogers that is probably uh, misattributed like every mark twain same. Uh, on the whole, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. No, no I, I don't know. I, this is what I was going to ask before. What's the one thing you know about uh, National Lampoon, Lampoon's European Vacation? Never saw it. Oh, right. Well, then you know nothing about it. But uh, the one Roy Rogers, if that's the right guy's name, is uh, about it, uh, buying land because it's the one thing they're not making any more of. Will which is, Rogers. Which isn't true. New land is made all Will the time. Will Rogers. Will Rogers, not Roy Rogers. There you go. <laughs> As I said, is no. he the cowboy guy or the fast food chain? I know well, Roy Rogers is the fast food chain. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about real estate; uh, they're not making any more of it. Yeah, that would that would be the great Will Rogers. I I would watch, uh, you know, Will Rogers and Dale Evans. That that's a, a cowboy duo I'd watch. Whew. This is just going to get worse for you too. That's you know that right? You know this is just going to get worse. Yeah, this is the blind leading the blind. Two old men trying to remember things that they can't remember. Which one am I? Moving on. Um, so now we know. Now we know. Oh, how's your smell? Um, I, I think it is, uh, is under control. 
Also, Good. it helped that the the threshold being added back to the door, I think, was put in with fewer like cracks around it, so it may be also contained under there. In the basement, I can still smell it from below. I'm, I'm trying to put it out of my mind because now that we have a new front stoop put in and everything like that, I am very confident that it is like absolutely positively weatherproof. Oh, so the, you got stooped already. Did you have, did you find a snake? No snake. New stoop. Okay. Uh, put siding behind it. The super waterproof siding that's on my house, and like just it is, it is solid. It is good. Good. You know, we should probably not do all of this. We don't have time to do all of this. We got to keep this short. Last last no, week's episode. I feel like we should. I feel like this is this is this is gold. I don't. I'm not going to say we have to pass up this stuff. If we end up getting through these bullet points and never getting to the quote unquote main topics, that is fine with me. Okay. All right. This works for me. Um. I, uh, I'm out of TV to watch. I'm the only person in America who's out of TV. <laughs> I got a lot over here. If you're, if you're, if you're running low, I was about to start the leftovers again. All right. No. So if you're out of TV, I have actually do have a recommendation for you. So remind me of that later. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how to spell. I'm just typing quick. Oh, that's not right at all. Look at recommendation. that. Recommendation. Kiss of me. <laughs> Kiss of me. Mm, around the Kissimmee, perimeter create. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst is that the worst is there anyone worse than that one there is there worse. any worse there, there's worse there's worse but you're blacking it out like you're you your mind Which one? is protecting What's worse? you from remembering like the lines <laughs> what the door what door <laughs> exactly there were love scenes in attack of the clones no. that one that one was on in a hotel room over thanksgiving and i think he's in he's on like a helicopter <laughs> and it's that cool scene when they're fighting in a stadium right isn't it isn't that the scene? It's like the best scene in the second movie. Well, anyway, there, there, you got to admit the fighting the the fighting in the stadium was pretty cool. Nah. Anyway, his helicopter's landing, and Yoda says something along the lines mm-hmm. of, "You got it." Was it around? Uh, was it around around the Jedi or around yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. You, around you the Jedi, a perimeter create something like that. Yes. <sighs> Terrible. Terrible. Mm. Uh, so I'm out of TV, and uh, you're going to give me a recommendation in a little bit. But um, I watched um, last night. I watched a few episodes of movies with Mikey that you had recommended. Mm-hmm. It's part of I don't know what Chainsaw Chainsaw Chains, Suit or something. Chainsaw Suit. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I watched some movies with Mikey. So which movies did you watch? I watched which, a few. You know? I watched um, I watched uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. I started to watch The Joker. I found it a little trying. Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban was really good. Um, I mean, I got mixed feelings about the guy and his approach, but I watched probably. F- what else did I watch? I should go just go look at the page. I um, and so you're the way you had presented this to me was that you said it seemed like something that I should check out because he talks about movies we both know and like, right? And the funny thing you said was, and I, I really I want to dear you on this a little bit because you had said something along the lines of you liked it, but like you feel like. You didn't say that he got it wrong, but you really disagree. You you liked some of what he said, and some of it you really, really disagree with. Yeah, so I've been thinking about it more because I saw. So it hang on, real, and... real, real, real quick, just just so you know, I saw the ones I watched were I watched A Prisoner of Azkaban twice because I wanted my wife to see it because hmm. she loves that movie as much as I do. I I I love Prisoner of Azkaban. I I maybe love it more every time I see it. I love that movie. Um, Iron Giant. I watched Iron Giant. I watched Fury Road. Um, and that's most of the ones I watched. So, so what's your take on movies with Mikey, which is not movie, Bob? The way I characterize it now is it's like the person who makes this, who I assume his name is Mikey. Um, I almost always disagree with his opinions, but 
he I relate to his enthusiasm about like his passion for whatever it is that he decides he's going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the execution, although the affectations can be a little much, um, is interesting enough that like he basically he has he has an opinion and he's able and he has a lot of passion and he's able to and it's, sometimes it's a passion about a very narrow aspect of a thing which I really relate to and he's able to convey that passion through reasonable length uh, YouTube videos featuring lots of fun footage in a way that isn't that off-putting so despite the fact that we would agree on <laughs> not almost, that off-putting raves John Syracuse yeah. yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like everybody's got a, sh- a shtick and a gimmick and the effects. He's, he's very he's he's got a bit. And now, having watched enough YouTube videos from independent content creators, I know that there's a bit. Of, oh, like mumble a little bit, and you show some other video. It's nice watching the, the culture go through the thing. Which, but I, like, I'll give that. You know, whatever. Everyone's got a thing. It's not fine. But like yeah. the, the the interesting thing is like, even though I disagree with almost every opinion, I respect the the execution and the passion and can relate to it. Um. And sometimes it's, it's interesting, like, it's interesting to go back through and see, like, a review of a movie that I liked by someone who didn't like it or vice versa. Uh, yeah. Someone who has intelligent, interesting things to say about it, despite the fact that you disagree. Now, if, if you're one of those people who can't handle seeing a contrary opinion uh, and you don't just, you don't agree with the person, sometimes this won't be for you. But for the most part, like, I think I think I disagree, like, not, not a, a complete opposite, although sometimes, but... In almost every way, I'm like, that's not what I thought about that movie at all, and th- that's why I find it kind of fascinating. And so yeah. I keep watching them. Hmm. I can you think of any examples of I, ones that really that stick out in your mind where you were like a mild one? So I've seen. I think I've seen all of them. A mild one is what? his. Yes, I've seen all of them. His Jesus. his uh, take on the Force Awakens, which we both mostly liked. His take, like what he's taking away from the movie, is so different than what I took away from it. And so it's that's a case where. Two people both like a movie, but are connecting with different aspects of it. And so that was interesting. You know, I watched so many things about The Force Awakens. Uh, John Wick was the one I saw recently where I like John Wick, like, apparently way less than every other person in the entire universe. Really? Yes. So to hear a movie, hear a review from someone who really, really liked John Wick, me as a person who, I want to say I really didn't like it, but... I kind of didn't like it. Like, it's not just like backlash from overhype. It's also kind of like, hmm. I re- I didn't like that movie. Like, I, I understand. You I, didn't like the ex- execution of it. I know. I like, I, I didn't like that movie, like as a whole, like as a thing. Like it just, hmm. it, you know, and whatever. Like, I don't, I don't have, you know, bad feelings. It was just, I it just did not work for me. But the parts that people did like about it, watching these videos about it i can understand yeah i can see where you can like that part like the fact and and to hear someone say and they like the overall thing and they're going to explain why they like the overall thing and you know so i enjoyed watching that to understand better not just like for the people like i you know i like movies where cool people punch other people like that's that's one that's a very serviceable aspect but he really got deep down into like what what he took away from john wick what i what i was not getting from it and obviously he didn't touch on the parts of it that didn't work for me and so you know i don't know i just i find it fascinating so i I like this and so and so far unlike so many other people on youtube this person has not revealed themselves to be a monster (laughs) so as far as i'm aware (laughs) oh my goodness not a monster and that that really helps that does help i well i will tonight i will watch i'm gonna pick out interstellar because i did all the ones that i watched were from movies that i really liked 
And like for and so like it's easy enough for me to watch somebody, you know, say from the outset, like I, I think Prisoner of Azkaban is not only a good Harry Potter movie, I think it's a fantastic movie. And as he is contending, which I was happy to agree with because I haven't thought about it very much, that it had a huge impact on what kinds of decisions get made and how movies are made since then. So I haven't given that too much thought. But um, I thought Interstellar was total shit. So <laughs> I will yeah, watch. Should, I, I think he liked Interstellar way more than both of us. Although I have to say, oh, Interstellar is one of those movies. Like I love so many. I love the ambition. I, I love the. I love the ambition of it. I. I've tried. Let me just be clear. This is not a typical Merlin. I've tried three different times to make it through this movie. It's like it's like that uh, Michael Fassbender Steve Jobs movie where I'm 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 in the true sense of the word I am literally so angry while I'm watching it that I can't <laughs> keep watching it. I mean I I it took me I, I uh, it took me three times. John Syracuse, it took me three times to get past the first 12 minutes of the Steve Jobs This is movie. what you're doing with your life beside, uh, instead of watching Millennium Actress. I've instead never even attempted Actress. to watch that Steve Jobs movie. Of course I've never even attempted. Like, I, John, why it's, would it's I not, do that? It's not, very, it's not very good. Why would I? Why would I even do that to myself? I know I'm not going. Even if it is a fantastic movie, I know I'm not going. I mean, I did the social network. That's as far as I'll go. Yeah. Now, Interstellar, I admire. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking this looks astonishing. And that is a director that I like a lot. Now, see, now, now my, my lady and me, we go toe to toe on the prestige. She thinks it's absolutely the worst. <laughs> is it to be too pretentious for her? Because it is pretentious. Shh, there's certain movies where she came, she would go see, well, a lot of times she'll go see a movie with our friend Christine because they're both movie nuts. Christine works for George Lucas and, uh, and, and Madeline was a film school student. She used to work at all these film festivals. She still loves films as all kinds of things. There's two movies where she has come back and was like, that is the biggest piece of crap. Crash and, um, and The Prestige. And then I saw the prestige. I was like, "Are you sure you're not confusing it with that other magician? You know, how, like movies yeah, come out yeah, in pairs." Was, what was the other one? It was uh, the Illusionist. Yes, uh, yes. Is that with what? The, am I right? Wolverine. Did that one have Wolverine? No, Wolverine prestige? is in uh, Prestige. What, what was the Illusionist? Uh, Edward Norton. Probably. I was like, "Are you sure it's not a different movie?" Because the Prestige is really good. She's like, "Oh no, no, it's the one with Michael Caine." Prestige is David Bowie in hats, right? David Bowie in hats. You got Michael Caine. And illusionist is oh you're right they were out at like the same time and or it's like an ants and bugs life type situation yeah but um, okay so here's what I would do tonight um, it, it, there's a pretty good chance when I go home that I will watch Millennium Actress all the way through but on the very small chance I don't end up doing that tonight I'm going to watch his his uh, his film of Interstellar now what did now see do I want to ask you about Prisoner of Azkaban I don't really want to ask you do I yeah you do but, but right. before we get off Interstellar though, I just want to I just want to reemphasize. Like I saw Interstellar in the theater. Did I see it 3D? I might have seen it at 3D IMAX, or maybe just IMAX. People and, say that's the thing. And I loved so much about this movie. Even to this day, if it comes on TV, I will sit there and watch it. I didn't, I didn't like the ending, but there is so much other good in this movie. This is the type of movie that, despite the fact that I feel like in the end, mm, no, no, uh, I love so much about it that I will sit there and watch it and just, it's one of those movies that I run across on the channel, I'll leave it on and I'll keep watching and I'll keep watching and I'll keep watching and I guess, like, I, had it happen to me when it's been on TV, like, I start to, like, disassociate towards the ending and say, yeah, yeah but, hmm. yeah, like, yeah, I remember this happens, but, Murph. like, Murph. We, we can pretend it doesn't and just the rest of the movie's still really good and so Interstellar will Visually always... Visually stunning and it's got huge ideas 
that it's implementing in interesting ways. Yeah, and, and like especially in the theater, when, when, in the IMAX theater with the really sure. loud sound, that crazy yeah. soundtrack like worked for me. Like that crazy like noise based aggressive Whoa. messed up soundtrack in the theater that totally worked for me. And I have you know so much more so than for example uh, Inception, which I just like. I just you know, what are you even kidding you know, me? You didn't I, like Inception. I just no. It's not. Oh, I love Inception. Interstellar is a worse movie than Inception, but I like Interstellar more. Okay, I, I, you know me, I totally buy that. Yeah. I didn't like, uh, I didn't like Gravity. Yeah, I mean, I only saw that. One, I only saw that once in the theater, and, and again, I just saw an IMAX in 3D, and I feel like it, if taken out of that context, Gravity, I feel like we'll start falling. We down paid money and got a sitter, and went on a date to see the Gravity because everybody said Did you, you guys see, an see IMAX it in 3D. No, we you saw it on have. a big screen, but I I hate 3D, but you should have. Because that's right. that is getting extracting the maximum value using every part of the buffalo, and then discard. Mm. I've never watched Gravity again. I've never had the urge to watch Gravity again. Ugh. Yeah. Now that's now here's the funny thing. I think that's the guy who did Prisoner of Azkaban. I think it's the same guy. Uh yeah, uh, Quaron, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Never mind. I can't, I can't talk to you about it unless you're going to be nice no, you can. about it. No, I can't you can talk, talk to, you to me about, about Azkaban. Like I'm I'm a, I'm a Harry Potter casual. I've never read the books, so I only watched the movie. I've seen all the movies. And yeah. my wife is Harry Potter obsessed, and my kids have all read it. Uh, but I'm, I mostly poo-poo Harry Potter the book series because I'm a, a you know a fantasy Adult. book snob, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I've seen all the movies, and yeah. that was the best movie of the Harry Potter movies. <sighs> I don't think we have time to get into it. I I uh, I love that movie. It's it's one of my favorite movies, and every time it comes on, I forget. Even though I know how much I love it, and I know how often. I mean, you, you've probably heard me say this, where I'll say to people, look, I, I like all the Harry Potter movies. I like some more than others. I like some parts more than others. But I feel like I can say, like, if you have zero interest, well, not zero interest, unless you're angry about Harry Potter as a phenomenon, I think Prisoner of Azkaban is a, maybe not a genius movie, but there's so much that is done so well and so creatively in that movie that even if you're not a Harry Potter person, you know what? Start there. If you don't love Prisoner of Azkaban, stop. Stop telling but, people to start in the middle of series. What are, what are you doing? No, no, no. You should not. The first two Harry Potter movies are good, but it's nothing compared to like oh, three to and four. I agree, but you have to start at the beginning. No, you don't. It's a very good place to start. Us. No, no. You got you to give people a place to start that's sensible. You can't expect people to watch when everything. When you read, begin yeah. with ABC. No, no, no. You start. You start. You start with the first. Don't, don't read the first chapters of a book. That, no, that's no, where they. I'm that's how to they get the you. Song lyrics. Hmm? I'm, I'm trying to remember the song lyrics, and it's startling me that I can't remember this anymore. Are you trying to do Do Re Mi from Sound yeah, of Music? Yeah, start at the very beginning, very good place to start. When start, you read, you begin with ABC. Mm. When you sing, you begin with Do Re Mi. Is that Do is that Re right? Mi? Yeah, that's exactly right. No, I My daughter watched that. She long. turned it on herself and watched that the other day. Can you believe that? Yeah, I just watched a, a YouTube video. We were shuffling through some old videos, uh, or YouTube or other videos that the Apple TV can access, and it was a video of my daughter uh, singing Do A Deer when she was oh. very, very small, and it was adorable, oh. and she knew all the words, and she hadn't seen it in so many years, but she was totally into it. That's a really good movie. We watched it. It's a fantastic it. movie. It's a fan. You know what? And like Prisoner of Azkaban, I know I love that movie. I know it's one of my top five musicals, and yet we watched it, and it's long. I mean, yeah. musicals used to be long. There's some like Mary Poppins movie. that are a little bit too long, but this one, like we sat down, and the whole family sat and watched it, and I still get a little scared at the end. And when they, and no spoilers, but the nuns at the end, it still makes me laugh every time. That's such a good movie. Yeah. 
Oh, you know when like he comes in, when he comes in and starts starts singing along with them. Oh my god! I, I, I sob when he walks up to the doorway. The children are singing. I'm gonna cry right now. When he walks up to the door and hears the kids singing for the first time since his wife died, it just it floors me every time. Prisoner of Azkaban, but like you know, I got stuff out of his video. Uh, we got we're running short on time here. The um, <laughs> poor Mike. He's got to. He's got to. He's got to have Christmas have... In, in England. So he has no. like what, we have this vacation, but they don't have that there. They right? got a so monarchy there. They don't need Santa. Like Boxing Day or something. I don't know what they have. Yeah, I, I still don't understand what that is. But um, boy, he's so creative. Um, so I liked it. Did you watch? Um, did you watch anything with Maria Bamford? I watched not the one hour thing that you linked, but I think it was either you or somebody else linked like one of their one of her uh, uh, her web series show appearances. Oh, so it was just okay. Like the stand up skit before you go sit next to the host and talk about things. Yeah, and, I, and because that's shorter, and I watched that. And no, I don't know who that is. I know everyone's disappointed that I don't know who that is. I don't like I've, I've watched enough for her to go. No, that's not someone I recognize from before. Uh, and I watched her stand up. It's funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you. And, um, and I really like in some of her bits, like I'm not going to say it's mom humor, but uh, which gets into a topic we won't have time for this week. But, that's right. Uh, but it's a little bit of things that you can relate to, uh, like fr- from a perspective that you normally don't see stand up from. Let's put it that way, because most stand up is from a common perspective which is either just she's sort of a- got layers she's got layers to what she's doing and, and not least is that she's got a total package going on which is like you're getting a view into her interior world like how she sees the world and how that gets evidenced you might i don't think you'll like this anymore but her web series was also super weird and really funny the maria bamford show was like a super deluxe thing that um i mean it's she's got so many characters inside of her and her, her voice mimicry is amazing her like little like study of little things like the way her sister chews her nails like it's just and there, but there's layers and layers to it and it's like all like the cracked lens of how Maria sees the world yeah and it's so lame. it's so specific so it is it is you know fairly broad humor and a deep elaboration on things but about specific very particular experiences that she has had and it didn't seem like a lot of speculative like what's the old airline peanuts kind of very broad base here are things that many people have done it's like no here's what has happened specifically exactly in my life and here's 10 minutes on it that's true that's true all right well it's out there if you ever run out of tv you can watch that we gotta get through this uh did you ever get a response from evan rachel wood no she's a big shot now she got an award from the critics guild or something i I, i'm following her on twitter she's a pretty good celebrity twitter i have to say which again the bar is super low for celebrity twitter being good but uh she's pretty good um and uh she it's been painful to see her reply to other people's tweets but she just missed mine and i know you know she's probably got a bazillion replies uh and so that's fine you should uh say uh i i i see why am i is that's what you say at no, the beginning no, no. It, it doesn't matter like uh, see, in, case, in case you missed it well bec- because uh, because i'm friends <laughs> with you elliot canley noticed me for 30 seconds so i'm excited about that yeah, I'll or tell maybe you about he, that. he noticed you. Let's be let's be frank. I'll tell you about it. Um, uh, my Netflix hack. Do you want to tell me about your uh, your TV recommendation? Do you want to hear my ne- my Netflix hack? Wait, we're going in order. Evan Rachel Wood. Yep. Done. Next topic. Your Merlin's bizarre Netflix. Can you say Can you say hack like a Midwesterner? Hank. Hank. I got hanked. Hank. This is so weird. You know me, I don't like to talk about uh, 
uh, info set con pack IT con. I don't like to talk about uh, con. I don't like to talk about security. Mm-hmm. Opsec, opsec, IT sec. What do you call it? Sploits, sploits, sploits. Yeah. Except that I think I think it's merely something silly and weird. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Um, I had watched. I was watching Netflix. I want to say on Sunday night. Yeah, I think this happened yesterday morning. I got up yesterday morning, and at like 10 minutes after 7, I get an email that my Netflix password has been changed. And I think that's strange, because I'm not one of those people that's shared a Netflix password. As far as you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Roderick's watching somebody's Netflix, and God knows it's not his. Yeah. I think it's the lawyer. So, um, first thing I do is I look at the email. I say, Stop leave it i say wait a minute look at this email is this a real email because you know what this is how they get you <laughs> see this is can you not wait until your daughter is old enough that you can immediately email her and forward this email to her and say is this a real email should i reply look what to happened this? look what happened to john podesta <laughs> one little slip of the tongue i know well so that, that is <laughs> that, that story is, does uh, not that is ring a thing true. my parents do all the time <laughs> is this real right and which is which is way better than them just mindlessly clicking on it right Oh, yeah, totally. But on the other hand, on the other hand, at a certain point, you feel like there should be some sort of like teacher man to fish thing going on, and that doesn't happen. Anyway, you are faced with the same situation. You have this email. You first dismiss it because it's your first instinct, but then what what is the real? But then you dismiss it. Where do you go with that instinct? If only you could email your daughter and ask her to help you. I will. Think Think of what a luxury that would be. Think of how proud you would be as a parent. Yeah. I'll get there. Think of how annoyed she would be with you. So the first thing I did was I went into 1Password. No, excuse me. The first thing I did, I think I just opened the Netflix app, and it said, oh, there's a problem with your account. Relog in. I thought, hmm, that's weird. And so then I went to 1Password, and I tried to log in, and it wouldn't let me in. I thought this is strange, uh, just in terms of, uh, you know, sound operations. I, I walk in, I says to my family, I says, hey, is there any chance? They don't know the Netflix password. Why would they need to know that? I said, is there any chance you've changed the Netflix password? And also, where's my coat? <laughs> move my pants <laughs> so nobody's done it um so i uh i called up netflix and i was like hey my password changed and, you, wait, uh, you called them on the phone yeah wow you are ready to start writing congress people on paper no no you are i mean ready well i don't believe in panicking about these things you um, called netflix on the phone i didn't even know that was possible yeah it's got a number right there it says you, you call him when i talked to a guy mm-hmm. and he i said i says to him i says uh you know this is kind of weird my um my password has changed, and uh, I'm not the one that changed. He said, well, sir, actually, if your password had been changed, you would have received an email about it. <laughs> but those emails are all fake. My daughter told me. <laughs> How do I know you're you? <laughs> Bob. Who gave, you, who gave you this number? <laughs> who got this? <laughs> no, and he was very reassuring that, you know, I would have received that email. I says, well, uh, you know, the thing is, I just got that email, and, uh, that you know, that wasn't me. But I won't drag this out, but it was just kind of weird. And I, I, I don't think I've ever given that out. It's actually not – it was – shame on me, not one of my better passwords. But I um, but I just went and reset it. I said, you know, when I went to log in and said, send me the reset thing, and I did that. And uh, that was that. Okay, so not so bizarre yet. I um, came back home. I well, a photo I, of your daughter on the counter. <laughs> Hundred dollar bill under the table cloth. I um I said, Hey, you guys sorry, I gotta I gotta pause Bob's burgers for a minute here. 
let me go, go to Netflix real quick. I go to Netflix, I pop it up real quick. I'm just going through. Yeah, everything everything looks copacetic. And I go, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because, uh, you know, like uh, Lisa and I, you do, well, I guess you use your TiVo mostly. But, you know, you get used to like every once in a while on Netflix, I'm not saying, it's not reauthorization, but you end up back on the like, who are you? Yeah, click a, a profile. screen with the terrible looking avatars with the, the names of each person who has yeah. a little sub account. So there's there's my my avatar with my name, my wife with her name. We don't really use these. There's mm-hmm. the kids one. Guess what? There's a new profile. And what, what is it called? Uh, it was called One O N E. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I click on it. And I thought, oh wait a minute, I should just. I mean, I guess before I, you know, I should at least go see, see what, what's see here. See what kind of things they've been watching. F- forensically, <laughs> I go in and. Um, the account uh, profile one has watched part of the movie Minions. Hmm. Hmm. So then I think, okay, well, I should track this down a little bit more. I went to, and I had to go to the office to record with Roderick. So I, I went ahead and I logged in to Netflix and I fished around and I thought, hmm, I wonder if they have anything like Gmail's, you know, activity stuff. Right. And they have one for both login activity and for viewing activity. And so I got an IP ad- a couple IP addresses for somebody's Android phone, and I got that uh, they watched <laughs> they watched the new Barack Obama biopic Barry <laughs> and Minions <laughs> and Minions that morning in the like f- well they apparently they done it I think it like right after I gone to bed at like midnight I probably shouldn't be saying any of this except that I, I think it's probably something probably just dumb and silly that happened but. They watched there's somebody watched part of the minions and somebody watched Barry. So what do I do with that information? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what you can do. Like there's there's so many things that could potentially go wrong there that could explain this. I imagine someone... I imagine it's a dump. There was probably a dump somewhere with one of my Yeah, you did you reuse the password and Yeah, right, right. This is like a, it's a very it's that that's an old one that, you know. Uh, you know, it might be out there somewhere. I mean, I haven't t- typed that as a new password in years, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, but isn't that funny? Like somebody with an Android phone, presumably with a kid, like got a fake account, went in, created a profile. Isn't yeah. that odd? Yeah, well. I don't I understand mean, the internet, John. That's one of the things I worry about is, because this happens to me frequently, like on my Apple ID or whatever. You ever get the thing where your Apple ID has been locked? No. Oh, God, don't tell me that. It's no. A thing, it's a thing that happens. It is different than, uh, you know, you've entered a bad password too many times or your password has been changed. This is, and it can be confusing because Apple is weird, where you'll try to do anything and literally anything that has anything to do with your Apple ID, and you'll get some inscrutable message that will eventually lead you to, a, to somewhere that will tell you that your Apple ID has been locked. And you can click through to this thing that brings you to Apple the Apple ID. It, it brings weird you to like the wizard. I forgot site. You know the good old. Oh, I forgot that site, site is so weird. Yeah. Um. So the menus, the, the menus on that are the worst. Yeah, oh, it's so bad. The site is misleading because, first of all, I haven't forgotten anything, um, and I'm being <laughs> sent there, and pretty prominently on the exact page that it sends you is all the crap to change your password, which you can do and which will work to unlock your account, but you do not want to do that because if, like me your apple id is mysteriously locked once every 1.7 weeks you will run out of passwords or you will just have to end up using one password gibberish or just you know it, you'll, you'll drive yourself nuts yeah the other option that is also on the page 
next to the change your password thing, which is just unlock my Apple ID. And you can unlock it in a series of ways of proving that you are who you are and entering your password and authenticating with your, you know, second factor and whatever, you know. Yeah. And it just unlocks your Apple ID. And what? now everything is okay again. Like they lock it for security reasons and then they unlock it. They don't require you to change your password because it's not as if your password has been stolen, I, I guess. But it's, it's is just, it like something something along the, the equivalent of you tried to type in your iPhone code too many yeah, times or I, yeah so, something, something got tripped. So it looks like someone might be trying to break into your account or something like that they just say for security reasons you have no idea what those reasons are but here's the thing you could do a pretty good denial of service attack on someone's life by constantly locking their apple id because you know right, what it's sure. like when your apple id doesn't work well, it's a pain in out. the butt and you yeah. have to you have to deal with it and very often you have to re-authenticate on a million things and if you have a really long complicated apple id password as we all should you know what that's like and uh, you know, so it happens to me regularly enough that it is annoying. But I also think about what if this happened every day? This would destroy my life and my ability to use my. Why thing. are like, you what, saying what this? Would be oh my, my god! What would be my recourse? What I would have to get a new <laughs> Apple ID. And but what about everything that I've purchased? And it's right. Yeah. So I try not to think about it, and I oh, try good. to think about okay. the idea of trying to call Apple and sort this out. And also, by the way, when you were calling Netflix, you should have been horrified by the trust they had that you were actually who you say you were. Because you probably could have asked them, you know, just to be safe, could you just, like, reset I my know. password and send me the reset emails, the arbitrary email address? They'd be, like, they'd be like, sure, Mr. Man. Yeah. Mr. Man. Mm. We'll do that. Whatever. We don't have to prove who you are. Okay, you're I don't, on I don't want, your I don't person. Want, yeah. I don't want to talk about this anymore. What's your What's your TV recommendation? Uh, this is this is the, the weakest possible recommendation because I've seen one episode of this series. One episode. Okay. But based on our mutual... Uh, I don't, I'm not going to say love. I'm going to say I'm not going to say dazzlement. I'm going to say uh, sick attraction. I don't know to the leftovers. Yeah. Um, this was recommended by someone on Twitter once again, whose name I've forgotten. I apologize. Uh, and with the same kind of caveats I used to give about the leftovers, like it's weird, but if you you know if you like this then maybe thing, maybe check this out. I watch one episode. This is a Netflix series. It is called VOA. The T- oh yeah i've T-H-E seen i've just seen that show up capital o capital a okay the first episode of this is bonkers it okay is just, all right it's just bonkers and uh from what people said they're like oh it's not as good as leftovers and you watch the first episode and like the leftover even more so than leftovers you watch the first episode and you're like there's no way this can hold together this is the center cannot hold. This will just spin out of control. There's no way this series can end in a satisfying way. There's yeah. no way this is even going to be good TV. And yet, you watch that first... Because the first episode starts off, and you're like, all right, yeah, weird Netflix series, blah, blah, blah. And then about midway through, or maybe three-quarters of the way through the first episode, it takes a hard left turn, and you're like, what? Okay, but, all right, but don't... you just... Yeah, okay, don't, don't, don't know don't anything about it. Don't read anything about it. Don't read any synopses. No, just, I'm trying to just, get you to stop talking. I don't want you to talk about security in the OA anymore. Yeah, I will I will just, tell you tonight after and, I watch and, Millennium and, and, Actress. And I can't tell you, like, maybe the whole rest of the series is garbage. I just watched the first episode, and I like television that surprises me. I do, too. Uh, and, this is, and especially, like, someone says, oh, this is weird, watch it. And you're like, this isn't going to be that weird. I bet it's not that weird. It's pretty, it's pretty weird. Okay, well, I'm going to watch the OA. I'm going to watch Millennium Actress. I'm going to watch Interstellar. Uh, well, I mean... Murph! I liked him in that movie. I like he was right for that role. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, you know love. You know about the power of love. Oh, stop! stop. Do you I really don't know like about that, the power. I don't of love? like that part. 
Oh, you don't like that part where she talks about the the how it's I one of the most her. powerful powers. I like her so much. I love her so much. You know, uh, you know, Elliot used to date her. I know. You know it was like there was there were uh, high school sweethearts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are super time constrained. We have time for one. <laughs> it was an hour and eleven minutes. We have time for. Uh, you want to do dad stuff? Uh, or you want to do Netflix documentaries? I want. I. Because I, I feel like we can do the Netflix thing quicker. Because I'll, I'll say, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. That, so and yeah, so I want, I want to hear about your affinity for Netflix documentaries. I've heard a little bit about, but I would, I would like you to. It, are Netflix documentaries your next door? Uh, I have a thing for documentaries in general, and I, I think uh, to to spoil it for you, I think they are a kind of. I'll just say comfort food. I was going to say intellectual comfort food, but I don't know if comfort food can be intellectual. But I, I'm very attracted um, to documentaries. I've enjoyed them a lot of my life. And not being sure what else to watch, the all-in-oneness of a documentary is very appealing to me. And I don't know if there's anything particularly about specifically about Netflix documentaries, because some of them are the worst. Uh, but I'm very attracted to them. I'll, I'll watch a, I'll watch a 30 for 30, you know, I'll watch a, uh, you know, I'll watch, I'll watch a tickled. I'll, I love a documentary. So you, one of your things you're known for, or I don't know, known for by people who follow your things is your brief obsession that quickly translated into a running gag with the turns out culture of, was it Malcolm Gladwell was the, was the origin? Uh, yeah, he's a big part of it for sure. Yeah, right. So I don't remember when that was when that was organic, but I, yeah, was, was no, it, you're you're already on to me. Yeah, was it was that just, was it because like when whenever his like popular book or something was out and everyone was talking about it and shall shall I explicate this just a little yes, bit for people you, who don't get the joke because I say it a lot and people at this point who haven't been following what I do for a long time right now they should have turned in last week. Yeah, <clears throat> that's always my first note. Now it's always the first link in notes. Pre-tape Colin show. Um, you know, here's the thing. I, I when I was coming up, I, I loved reference books. I loved um, documentaries. And like anybody who thinks they're a smart person, I've always been very attracted to like the real story, right? I mean, I think I think this is a pretty common thing. And again, this this gets back to things like James Burke. Um, but you know, the thing is, it's one thing. Like let's let's look at an easy one. It's one here's a classic. Is that like what do you what do you remember I assume learning, but definitely hearing about George Washington, our first president. Here here's a few things that, that we all knew about oh, George. It, is this a this American life episode? I think I've heard this one. Go ahead. Act one. Act one. Yeah. Turns out across the Potomac. Act one, wooden teeth. A man. Man from Virginia. Uh Starling Kine. Uh, what do we know about George Washington? Here's what we know about George Washington. There's at least I'm gonna get, here's here's uh here's uh here's two facts we know. We know that George Washington had wooden teeth, and we know that one time George Washington chopped down a cherry tree, and felt so bad it bad about it. He went to his father and said, "I did it. I cannot tell a lie. I chopped down the tree." And there's you know many things like that. And but I mean that's the file card. That's your file card on George George Washington when you're a little well, kid. I mean first president's on there somewhere. Oh right, sure. There's that too. Yeah, one last time. <laughs> Show him how to say goodbye. Um, but then you know what? You know what? Turns out he did not actually have teeth made of wood. I think they were made of like ivory or something. I don't know. And uh, you know what else? Turns out he didn't actually chop down a cherry tree. 
Okay, so that's an example. And you go, oh, what? Like, you're everything, everything I know about George Washington is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought he was the guy who did those things. And now, you know what? You feel a little bit smarter because of what I've come to call the turns out. And I call it the turns out because this is something that when you hear somebody like Malcolm Gladwell talk, this is now such an affliction that people I don't think know that it's a joke anymore for me. But like, and of course, in our house, compulsively, anytime the phrase turns out comes on the radio, all three of us as one go turns out. Because once you hear this, you can't unhear it. It is a very turns out is a very lazy way to report on something that contravenes what we uh, the conventional wisdom about something and uh, potentially turns an idea on its ear that was something we thought we understood. And then you get double turns out or triple turns out. Oh, yeah. No, the, the thing is, all you need is an odd number. That's all, Just, that's all you need. <laughs> Remember that story we had about how George Washington didn't have wooden teeth? Turns out he did have wooden teeth. But turns out, actually, no, he didn't. It turns out just it was a, it was a mistranslation. Okay, so what do we know? We know that Rudolph Giuliani discovered... Turns out that if you fix broken windows, mm-hmm. then you won't have crime in an but, area. But turns out, actually, that's the worst thing you can do for a city. Let me turns tell you why. out, it turns out that that was a total misreading of the original paper about broken windows and broken windows syndrome. And turns out that that was actually uh, unconstitutional and didn't do anything to help crime, and it just had a lot to do with the coincidence in crime uh, tendencies at the time. Turns out. But you know how you've heard that the, the broken windows philosophy is discredited and doesn't You know how you've heard turns that? How many times you have you heard this? you broken windows, actually, you do have problems. It turns out there's no way to break a window. <laughs> it turns out windows aren't even a thing. It's just an illusion. And there's a guy on National Public Radio right now who has a podcast and frequently appears on uh, All Things Considered. And just as I thought I had burned all of the turns out frustration out of my system <laughs> over the past 10 years, I thought I was done. The new I thought concentrated this joke- strain on the street. Oh my God, he has an entire podcast about turns out. And and it's, I just sit there, it comes on, and I, 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 I my cheat, I'm burning down Wait, really is this? hard. Is this the Freakonomics guy? No, no, that guy's good. Who is it? Hidden Brain. Hidden brain? No, yeah, hidden brain. You, you are deeper in the. I, I was. I'm. I'm out of the. I'm out of the NPR. Thing. Okay, well, let me just say he's, fi- he's fine. Too. He's fine. He's doing a job. Mm-hmm. He's reporting on social science things that other people said, and it's it's so oh, turns social out. Science. Oh, the best source of turns out. Oh yeah, you don't get any uh, methodological problems there. <laughs> Tur- turns out, and uh, so but <laughs> you now just, you, are you, you ready? Just do an infinite series of turns out on methodology alone. <laughs> you don't have to talk. <laughs> touch the subject matter. Okay, so let's put a cherry on this, turns out, is that, you know what, it turns out that this all started because I actually have, for my entire life, found all of that fascinating. Mm-hmm. fascinating. This is the, to, to tie it back in, that's what I was getting at with this whole angle, isn't it? Why, I know, why that's why I'm, t- I'm feeding documentaries? you. Because they are, they are tiny little nuggets, it turns out. So much turns out. Well, here's another turns out. Turns out, Malcolm Gladwell's first book was something that I really enjoyed. Malcolm Gladwell's second book made me do this a lot. Hmm. This makes sense if you don't think about it too much. And then by the time he got to his third or fourth book, I was still reading them, and I was going, you know, it doesn't turn out. That, <laughs> that doesn't turn out at all. That, that, wait a while, and it then you start going out, back in the stack. backlash. And then, you, and then you Shyamalan on this so hard, and you go, wait a minute, so you're telling me that's why hush, hush puppies are popular <laughs> because of this one neighborhood in... Are you sure that turns out? I'm not sure that turns out. You're saying this guy looks at the statue? Of cool on Frontline. 
Ten thousand hours. Ten, but what if you play for ten thousand hours and you <laughs> still be the suck? Beatles. That's all. It takes. What if you'll be the Beatles? But what if you still suck at ten thousand and one hours? How does that turn out? Is it? And so this is problematic, as you like to say, because as it turns out, I have always loved stuff like that. And that's the thing about a documentary is it's it's the same reason that you would run, want to read anything for cocktail talk and you go, well, you know, actually, you know, it turns out that coffee's good for you. Well, actually, it turns out <laughs> Whoa, that that coffee. research about coffee is bad for you. So, yeah, you're right. I'm, I am I, I am a reformed turns out junkie. And um, e- even as I am still um, frustrated and skeptical about that particular vein of let me just say it. Let me just be a dick. There's there's. It frustrates me when I listen to my beloved public radio and somebody comes and trots out something that they read. Basically, there's this, this, it's the penultimate paragraph phenomenon, as I like to call it, which is like there's some kind of story, da-da-da, 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 and then uh, in the penultimate paragraph of the story, you get the statistic, you find out it's from a paper, and you learn that there's a turns out. And it's so goddamn lazy, and the part that makes me want to punch all of them I don't punch people. The punching in me comes from that smug turns out that makes it sound like they're the one who figured it out. Turns out, turns out, uh, cereal is actually made of sugar. Oh, really? Is that what it turns <laughs> out? Out is how it turned? Because, because what? Because you read somebody wrote, did some scholarship wherever, that trickled down into some kind of report, that was put into a press release, that landed on your desk, and now you're the one that gets to say, turns out? Is that how this works? And yet I love a documentary. And I do like a documentary that surprises me. So sometimes I get turns out from a documentary, and as much as that culture bewilders, frustrates, and exhausts me, I am still very attracted to learning how something is different than I thought it was. Turns out for what? <laughs> so That's from a song. Yeah. So is this, uh, so are these Netflix documentaries, turns out, methadone? Well, here's one problem. One problem is on Netflix, as I, as I have kidded about in the past, is that there is, they know what people want. So there is a surpassing amount of really dumb documentaries about either food or pot there's a lot of food and pot documentaries it's this it's this <laughs> you, whole... can, you can alternate them it's a synergistic relationship so like if you get high enough you're going to get hungry for a, right, a food documentary you'll be so hungry you can watch a food documentary and still be hungry turns out michael pollan owns owns part of a steer so but those aren't the ones that attract me the ones that attract me um and i don't know if it's just netflix i love music documentaries and I mean, I'll, I'll eat it. And I'm like, I'm like Patton Oswalt. I'll eat any steak. Like if it's got talking head, it's a, you know, what do they call it? Talking heads documentary. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? When the, um, just, you know, standups, it's just like headshots of people talking yeah, and a heads. little bit yeah. of Ken well, Burns I mean, footage. Heads of people in the news, but yeah, I would call that a talking head documentary. But like, you know, but like a muscle shoals or like the big star documentary. Like I love music documentaries. I love sound breaking. I'll, I'll always, I've, I'll, or 20 feet from stardom. Like I, I will consume all of those. Uh, I enjoy political, you know, kind of intrigue ones. I mean, I like the smartest guys in the room, things like that. And I also love the 30 for 30, the ESPN documentaries, even though I could give a flying fig about sports. I, every one of those that I've seen, I've really enjoyed. And I'm not sure what it is about them, although I do, again, have a reckon. But I'm very attracted to a documentary. And given, given other conditions, I will sometimes just end up watching a documentary. Do you lump Ken Burns stuff in with this? Because those aren't really documentaries in the same sense. They're more of like nonfiction, historical. Right. 
But like what they have in common is I definitely would. I definitely I mean for my for my purposes yes, I definitely would. Cuz like what they have in common is talking heads intercut with uh fo- still photographs with the Ken Burns effect, right? Yes, yes, and that, absolutely. that is used heavily in in every like like that is the documentary format basically at this point. Like the old documentaries where it would be a handheld camera following people through their yeah. life mostly. I mean, I guess those are still out there, but what I mostly see in the documentary world is Talking Heads in Studio recounting uh, things after the fact, intercut. It's gonna, with- it's gonna have Chuck Klosterman. It's gonna have Flea. Uh, it's gonna have Thurston Moore. <laughs> yeah, There's these certain people can, that have to be in every you can, documentary. You can tell what kind of documentaries you're watching if Flea is featured because they're like, oh, it's it's is this a Flea documentary? Yep, that's one of. No, it's like Canada. It's like well, I think we have a minimum like Chuck Klosterman requirement because he's in everything, and I don't know why. But here, now here's another thing that I think is interesting, and this is a little bit. What's that phony baloney science where you don't really take any medicine? It's a little bit like homeopathy though, because <laughs> there's certain kinds of documentaries where like I'll love I love five of those documentaries, but then there's a couple of them that I just it just puts me off my beer. So, like, for example, to me, my, my canonical, the documentary that set off my giant documentary boner uh, was called Sherman's March, which is a movie you probably haven't seen, which is a, um, a documentary. I, 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 I that, probably have. Sherman Bowties and all about it. Okay. Although there's probably been a hundred documentaries about Sherman's March. But Sherman's on. March, basically, in this story, and now uh, watching this almost, actually, I'm sorry, over 30 years later, I guess now, 25, 30 years ago, I watched this. I think on PBS. And it's about this guy who's uh, the nominal subject of his documentary is going to be Sherman's March to the Sea. And I don't want to spoil this for you because it still is a super interesting thing to watch. And this guy, what's his name? Ross, Ross McElway. Basically, he's going to go and retrace Sherman's March to the Sea. But concomitant with that is him having these nightmares about nuclear annihilation and as you do. This, yeah, as you do in 1986, and his utter obsession with how he screwed up every relationship with a woman that he's ever had. And I don't, I kind of don't want to say too much more. Um, you can get it on iTunes, but that that documentary, and you can guess where it goes. Uh, how, how how could a Merlin 25 years ago have related to this? <laughs> um, but that was the first documentary. I mean, I really trace, I mean, I, you know, the thing is, I'm such a dork. I would like go to the library and get the laser discs and watch Eyes on the Prize over and over because it was so good. Like, I just love documentaries, but that one came along. That was the first one I f- that I remember feeling like, I mean, later now I've discovered things like Ephesus for Fake. I've discovered the kind of like documentary that's not quite what it seems. But this one was un- very unusual to me at the time in that, it becomes about the guy making the documentary. Now, now understand, I say that today, I, if I run into one more documentary where it actually becomes about the person shooting the documentary, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the Paul Williams movie is really good. That's a really fun documentary, but there's way too much of the story being the guy who's doing the. It's uh, that, not interesting. That, that's the thing. Like, it's almost in like that's the only thing anymore. Like, the, that every single documentary turns into gonzo journalism halfway through it, but that's like because they don't know where else to go with it. Well, and perhaps worst, worse in my estimation is, and I, and I get this now a little bit thirty years later with with Ross McElway, but like the thing is, you know that they planned that all along. A lot of times when you're watching these and you go like, and the further I got into the story, I realized or I realized it was really about, and you're like, no, you knew that all along, or you have a second affliction you haven't addressed yet. Like you knew this was going to turn into a story yeah, about you. That that's like the the old, not old style, but for in my lifetime, the the old style in my memory of documentary was 
more like science in that you would assume most documentary endeavors would end in failure because there would be nothing there. Hmm. And so that people would go out to do documentaries and film and film and film and film. And guess what? There's nothing there. Right. And boom, failure is never going to be produced. No one's ever going to look at it. And what you need to do was repeat that over and over and over again until you are in the right place at the right time with the right people. And it came together. And then people eventually figured out we can manufacture this like the, the, the advent of reality television being the uh, ultimate incarnation of it. But I mean, even just something like Roger and me, like I remember that. being oh, early... see, that's, that's that's another great example that oh, I love that movie so much at the time. Loved right. It. But but it was it was the first it, it was one of the first breakthroughs of if you just go into a documentary with a little bit of an inkling uh, and it was still, I think, more, much more in the old style. But he went in with an inkling, and you can deliver a more compelling narrative, right? And he and he and like even then back then shooting on costly film that's another huge difference. I mean, can you imagine back then having to shoot on costly film and develop it? And like to just there's so much stuff that he got, so much stuff he lucked into. You, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how many miles of footage he would have to shoot to get some of the stuff of like the local guy, the local Flint happy talker guy like talking about how great this mall is going to be and everything like just so many great things that he just got the woman with the rabbits the one pets pets are meat and like like when he goes and gets his color consultation and then she wants to talk to him again because she's realized she got his season wrong. Mm-hmm. it's so good but why am i telling you this i'm saying that because it's like homeopathy Hmm. Uh, like something that I really, really love in this instance will drive me bananas in this other instance. So then, you, I mean, you get something like Tickled. Did you ever watch Tickled? Oh, no, I'm, I'm definitely not up. Half of the half of the titles you're rattling off, I've never heard of because I'm not a Netflix documentary kind of. So the only Nef- documentaries I hear of are the ones that break through to the mainstream. So, you know. Like, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, like, uh, I can't even remember the name, but the, the, sp- the first Spurlock one, yeah. Food Inc. Supersize Me. Yeah, Supersize Me, Food Inc., uh, yeah, you know, those, those are. Yeah, that's that's, like that, that's about as far. Like, see that I'd, that's liberal porn, and I'm not into liberal porn. I mean, like those, and even like the later, um, uh, what's his name, Michael Moore stuff. Like, you know, yeah, even bowling, bowling for Columbine and <sighs> that. Know. That I mean, I gotta tell you that and the the Fahrenheit 911. It's like it was just like, oh god. No, I can't. I couldn't. I, it's I, not I'm no off that. I can't even. I couldn't even have watched this, but I but I did see Supersize Me, and I did see Food Inc. You know, they, what about what about Grey Gardens? I know about that one, and many people have recommended, and it, it isn't because it's, it Long, Island. Long, Island it's Long Island. I feel like yeah. I should watch it's Long it, Island. but I haven't. Well, they the, the Maisels is uh, in addition to I want to say Give Me Shelter. They did two documentaries that um, are, I mean, I don't know how you say this. They're they're both really good, and they're both really important. One was Grey Gardens, which is just I mean, what do you say about Grey Gardens? The other one is um, it's called Salesman. You might have seen this parodied in different places. And it's uh, basically following the lives of these traveling Bible salesmen as they go around. And they, I mean, to the greatest extent possible, really try to stay out of the story. It's harder in Grey Gardens because they're, like, acquainted with the sisters. But you go back and watch one of those, and you think about shooting on this black and white and, I guess, later color film. I don't know. I'm so impressed by the ability to put together a film documentary in the 60s. Because, again, it's not like a nature film. I mean, with some big budget where you sit and you watch a stoat for six weeks. Like, this is like this is real, like, shoe leather filmmaking. But anyway, we're way off the topic here. But I don't know why I love them so much. But and I don't know if it's my turns out bone that's getting tickled. But I but again, something like tickled tickled is very special because, you know, is that about people who like to be tickled? 
I don't want to give you any more than the very most the, <laughs> right. the very most no I'll give you the very very basic setup. The very very basic setup is that a reporter in New Zealand uh, who I guess works for kind of like a gawker type, pub, type publication runs across this mm. weird corner of the internet about what's called it's like men's competitive t- competitive tickling. And so you have teams and you you tie a guy to a, a like a, a essentially a bed with leather straps, and then four guys tickle him at the same time, and it's a sport. How's how's it scored? Well, <laughs> very carefully. <laughs> and basically, all you, all you need to know is that he wants to learn more about this, and as he tries to learn more about it, he gets increasingly more angry, violent, and eventually litigious threats from this mysterious person. And just when you think the movie will not get any weirder, it just keeps getting weirder. And there's a mo- there's movies like that where I'm just like I'm just so glad this got made. I'm so glad like they were able to like you know tell this particular story in this particular way. I mean, Michael Moore. Do we, does anybody really think even or especially Roger and me is like quote unquote all true? I mean, he's doing all kinds of stuff with shooting footage where Roger was his head was like at this event, but not it was it wasn't shot. You know, in sequence, there's all kinds of games that he's playing with that, yep. but he tells a story with it, you know? And I don't know, I, I can sometimes be transported by that. And other times I'm like, eh, you know, you get halfway through and it's like, this is silly. You don't, you this, don't do this though. You're not a documentary so this, person. This all makes me want to watch music documentaries all the more because I can't, I like, I'm all for weirdness, but I want it to be fictional. And so many documentaries <laughs> that are just about regular people are depressing about people who just are damaged in many it's ways always got that, it's got like, that it's always got that arc I, that arc that's going to end sad. Yeah, even, even like grizzly man or something like i just watched that and i just, I just feel for uh, the people involved rough. and just how miserable everything is and i would much rather see a music documentary because even when they all die of drug overdoses right even when everything just all goes wrong and the well that doesn't always money, happen and right like even when that happens even when the the worst that can happen in music documentary they all buy dine a plane crash the manager steals their money they, yeah. they all you know break up get divorced hate each other and then you know die and commit suicide hmm. even when the worst happens there's still the music yeah. Right? They still they still accomplish something that the sh- that the documentary usually presents as a great thing, and you will get to hear good music, and you'll you know like whereas a lot of these documentaries where it's someone's descent into madness or a way of life that looks miserable, maybe there's some kind of message or silver lining, but it's like what are they left with? We sold a lot of Bibles, and I would just much rather watch a music documentary. Say at the very least, you're going to make great music. I know. Did, so well, did you see? Have you seen? For example, have you seen Twenty Feet from Stardom? Don't think so. It's about backup singers in famous. Oh yes, I've heard of that one. Yes, but that's I've not seen that's it. one that I can I can really recommend. I think those jackals at PBS. I'm told by a listener that they've already taken down sound breaking. So no, if you miss that, no. you're gonna have to look on a truck. I'm forgetting that the yeah, early the early part of sound breaking is on the back of a truck from when it originally aired um, before it was on PBS. But not all eight. I haven't seen all eight. But um, other music ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's not really, not really your kind. Uh, I mean, of thing. I mean, just to to go for like the little snack foodie, th- silly things like uh, behind the music, VH1's schlocky tabloid. Love it. I still quote right? those constantly. Yeah. Right, or even even like pop a video for crying out loud, pop a video behind the music. Where it's such a, a genius 
a tiny snack food encapsulation of yeah yeah the the netflixy uh not netflix the documentary type thing like we're not gonna do documentary the kids don't want to see that but people do want to hear about things so dramatize everything about it and put it into a fast cut but like but they had the people they had the interviews they talked and it's just you can't they can't not be compelling when you care about or like uh, cl- classic about. albums um which i th- i don't know if those are on i think they're on dvd i don't see them streamable very much but the classic album series on vh1 like st- i i yeah. the, the the episode about Steely Dan's Asia still comes up constantly and people that I talk Paul and Storm I mean like it doesn't take much to get us talking about Steely Dan um those those were really good I mean the behind the music was like oh my god do you remember when Leaf the Leaf Garrett one do you remember yeah. that mm-hmm. we had to go and meet the guy that uh, that was yeah. rough or, or I mean or the MC Hammer I feel like MC Hammer is the prototypical Oh yeah, yeah, and as as parodied on The Simpsons, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure where we're going with this. I I don't know why I'm so into these, but I do. You know, it's funny because like right now I've been telling you how I've been watching more YouTube, and at night sometimes when I'm like I don't want to stay up late, I don't want to start a movie, I'm not going to finish. Shut up, <laughs> shut don't. up, and and so I'll go to the YouTube and I'll watch like some dingaling like um, you know that one that drives me crazy, the top tens. There's several of those I've started watching. Watch Mojo. And there's another one, Cinephile, maybe. I've been watching some of those. And it's just, it's it's like eating just handfuls of pixie dust. I think the documentaries for you, it sounds to me like, I mean, I said it was like, a, like turns out methadone, but that's that's probably too harsh. It seems like a a more healthy outlet for these urges that you have. Because yeah. in the end, if you watch a crappy Netflix documentary and you know that it's crappy, you could have there's worse things you could be doing with your time especially if you're coming out of it and not being convinced that like you know uh you know it turns out that uh this you know <laughs> bigfoot really is after me and jfk you know or 9-11 was inside job like if you're not coming out of it like if, if this isn't your next door if, you, if it's not like a, uh an ever decreasing spiral of paranoia and the secret world that they don't want you to know about or whatever but instead it's just a a diversion to satisfy this thing for you and maybe learn one or two things along the way especially if you can slant it towards the things that have some kind of i'm not gonna say uplifting message but not yeah. that everything not that everything has to have a uh, an unhappy ending that it is possible to learn about real life events made more dramatic in the documentary format that that uh the truth value of which is not consequential like does it really matter if this was really how this went no because it's just you know it's a yeah. it's an interesting thing to hear about and whether it's true or not the fact that it's framed as true makes it more interesting to you and it stimulates your aged mind for a little while and staves off alzheimer's you know so the <laughs> demon dogs demon dogs um, are alzheimer's either one yeah yeah okay i'm gonna um i'm gonna buy this for you you don't have to watch it but um i'm gonna buy this for you what i'm gonna buy you don't buy me things. This is another thing you have. I don't know. I don't know what methadone this is. I'm just but, maybe. I'm, maybe I'm nice. No, that seems unlikely. But it's the yeah. All just right. tell me what it is. Maybe I already have it. Maybe I can. Sherm, Sherman's, it, Sherman's March. Acquire it through. Oh god. No, that. I'm. Mean, there's no way I'm going to watch that. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Okay. Your description of it alone is making me depressed. Hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, because the three people who watched it really loved it. I'm so angry right now. Um, so let's go back for a minute. We got to go soon because we got to keep this short for Mike. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy the Ken Burns's very various, various oh, Ken I, Burns? I was obsessed with them. When, when which in, one's your favorite? Which prime, one's your favorite? 
Which one's your favorite? What, what series? So let me make sure this isn't. Maybe this is not actually. Ken you Burns. got baseball. You got baseball. You got Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those You've are all got good. Uh, the National Parks. What else have you got? Jazz. Right. Oh yeah, jazz was. Jazz was terrific. I, I I actually loved the baseball one. Uh, Christy Mathewson, man. Like I I loved the the uh, the the baseball one. Civil War though, man. <sighs> All right. So here's the the off brand Ken Burns. It's the off brand Ken. Burns. <laughs> it's it's non union Mexican equivalent. Rick Burns. Do you know who Rick Burns is? And that's different from Rick Steves. R I C space Burns. Rick New Steve. York, which is a docu- seventeen and a half hour documentary. That I'm assuming only aired in New York, <laughs> right? Okay. Like all the, the Ken, Bur- Ken Burns stuff. I have to pick a Ken, Ken Burns. I think Civil War was it for me for Ken Burns. Like, uh, was like the peak for me. But New York, which I don't know what year was this? Uh, 1999 ties into your uh, Robert Moses thing. Ta- a bit. Yeah, it's it's actually it's it's tangential. But yeah, but like New Yorkers, Long Island, New York people who live in that area and think they're the center of the universe and are obsessed with themselves and are familiar New, with It's called New York, like, a, New York, a documentary film. Right. I'll put this in. Yep. Notes. Starts in 1609. Okay, good. So, right. so <laughs> and and goes through 2003. <laughs> if your story starts with the Big Bang, it's not a story. <laughs> right. It's, it's not the Big Bang. 1609 is practically modern uh, times. It's a CGP great. It's a CGP great. Europe joke. had like seven layers of ruins by then. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was going Dutch. Right. So anyway, 17 and a half hours. And I, well, I just gobbled that up uh, because I'm a New Yorker who's self-obsessed. And, you know, and, and honestly, Rick, uh, you know, Ken Burns Civil War is better. Like, I'm not going to say that this is better than that. But uh, I, that, that has been burned into my mind as a, like a documentary that I can't believe I just consumed because it is so much of it. I mean, jazz is long, too. How long was jazz? It's pretty long. Well, it was good and long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ken Burns has done it, done it best, but uh, Rick Burns, I've never been able to pull that name out of the hat. It's, it's funny that he actually is Burns as well, but I, I, at least I remember it's not actually Ken Burns. Huh. Obviously, Ken Burns, you talk about Ken Burns, you're, you've got to be talking about a team of people. But like what he did for taking like genuinely interesting giant topics and putting it back out like as, I mean, people were not talking about the Civil War as much. Uh before the Civil War series came out, a lot of people got really interested in, in this and like telling those little stories. And uh. I mean, uh, teachers, my social studies teachers, would show bits of it in school because they would be like, "This teaches better than I can." Did you ever see? Did you ever see Eyes on the Prize? Uh, probably bits and pieces. First thing we did right was the day we started to fight. I would just watch that over the history of the Civil Rights Movement. It was yeah, so yeah, good. I think I've seen parts of it. What's your? Um, we got to go. What's your favorite documentary? Don't overthink it. I don't, I don't know if I have one. Is it New I York? Mean, is it New York a film documentary? But that's what like, it's called? Yeah, but 17 and a half hours. Like, does that count? Yes, it counts. It just it just have a favorite, like a person. I, I, I think I, I haven't watched a documentary in a really long time, except for the, the schlocky ones yeah. that are just described. So I don't, I don't know. I don't have a clear favorite like, like other movies. I, I like that. I like Civil War. I like baseball. Like, I, I liked all of these, but... There, I can't really nail it down. And the ones I've, you know, the modern things I've seen, like, what was the, what was the, no, that wasn't a documentary. That was a uh, fictional, uh, based on a true story, Into the Wild. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Also equally difficult. What about, uh, did you ever see Thin Blue, Thin Blue Line? No, I know the, 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 the importance of that, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it. I paid money no, to see I that in a the theater. F, F for Fake is one you might enjoy, too. 
Hmm. I've heard of that one as well, but uh, I I couldn't I could not pick a favorite, and especially I couldn't even pick one to recommend to people to watch because you can't like throw Civil War at somebody like it is fantastic, but like <laughs> you're not going to throw that at somebody. Jeez, you can't even get people to watch The Wire or a million actress. No one's going to watch Civil War. Much more people would watch The Wire. So if people were going to watch the Civil War series, would you say start at the beginning or could you start like yeah, like no, just jump right in the middle like <laughs> Gettysburg? Boom, right off the bat, just go for it. <laughs> we cannot consecrate. <laughs> And this is pretty good. I wonder how this started. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> states' rights, I heard. One day, um, my mom and I were having a conversation about Jesus. And uh, I've been going to church for years. And um, I don't know, this is just such a precious memory for me. We we're just talking about Jesus and how Jesus was cool. You know, I've been going to Sunday school for years. I've been going. And, and, and somewhere out of nowhere, I said to my mom, how did Jesus die? <laughs> Isn't that odd? I mean, I knew how Jesus died. That's like one of the first, you learned that on the first day. No, but you meant after. I got, well, I got so into the story, I got so into what we were talking about that I forgot how it ended. That's no, the sign you, of a good documentary. Well, I mean, <laughs> so you could do, like, I thought you were going to go for, like, all right, so he ascended, right, and then, and then, but how did he die eventually? Oh, like what finally took him down? You're talking about the, the first day or the third day? No, 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 like, so he's, he comes back, he hangs around. How's it going, guys? Pe- people poke the holes. Thomas, he, he ascends. He checks right? the sword wound. Yep. But like at that point, he ascends and like, and you know, and that was the last we saw of him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but how did he die? Like, oh no, no, uh, no, right. He it's like Humperdinck and Princess Bride. No, he lives. And he <laughs> says, "Jesus, Grandpa, why'd you read me this for?" Which, Have fun storming the castle. Mm-hmm.